Hello and welcome to another episode of your show. Before we begin, I just wanted to do some uh, self-advertising here. We have our GoFundMe set up uh, under, I'm probably wrong about everything. You can donate as much or as little as you like. Every cent, every dollar, really just, it means the world to us. We also have our Patreon set up, uh, starting as low as $1 a month and all proceeds go towards getting better technology and supporting the people that help make this show possible. Today's guest is Janessa Galbraith. Janessa is a actor, writer, producer, director, content creator, and musician in her band, Mark and the Magic. Janessa is currently venturing into the world of commercials and Hallmark films, which we talk about, as well as her, her new podcast project, Cup of Gin, which you definitely uh, need to check out um, to hear more from her and and the the avenues that she talks about. She talks a lot about authenticity, being true to yourself, as well as uh, finding meaning and purpose in your life. It was a pleasure having her on. I hope you enjoy. Take care. Uncut, uncensored, and unfiltered. This is an open mind. You're listening to I'm Probably Wrong About Everything. Hello and welcome to another episode of our show. Today we're joined by Janessa Galbraith, who is a podcaster, an actor, and uh, we're so happy to have her on. I got my cup of, uh, of tea here. Yeah. You did it like a cup of Jen. That's perfect. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's the name oh of the show. Goodness. Yeah. That's another show. I kept another that show. one on the side there. I was ready yeah. to like, just like, whoop. Yeah. yeah, it was perfect. So how are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I actually had a really great morning because yeah. I found out that I am signed to a new agent for an acting commercial uh, print type thing. So Wonderful. yeah, that's really that made my morning kind of fun. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. huge, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so it sounds like this is almost like a, you're doing commercials, you get lots of work that way kind of thing. Yeah. So nice. I've been an actor for a long time, but I did mostly theater. So I, mm. I got my degree in it's the official title is a bachelor of fine arts and acting degree. So it's right. basically meaning that I got my major and minor in acting. Um, but yeah, so I did a lot of theater and I love theater, but I always wanted to do film and television. So when yeah. I graduated in 2016, I sort of started this journey of like trying to break into the industry. Um, so taking lots of classes and whatnot, but getting commercials is a really cool step because Basically what that can do is like you have opportunity to be on sets and it's always a lot shorter. Obviously commercials are like a minute long um, most of the time, unless it's something particular like a campaign or whatever. So yeah, I, I have, I've been applying for agents for about a year now. So it's pretty oh. crazy that it finally happened this morning. So good timing there, Rob. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah. congr congratulations. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So what, what made you want to get into acting? Yeah. So I've loved, I think I've loved creating and storytelling mm -hmm. ever since I was quite little. So it's funny now I'm such an energetic and 
I mean, I was always energetic, but I, I, I'm a very, I would say confident, like I like talking to people kind of person. But when I was quite little, I do remember being shy. Like apparently my, I feel like people don't believe that about me anymore, but I, I do remember that time. And I think it was just like so inspiring to watch like actors just shine like on stage or in films. And I always kind of liked movies and TV shows. And, and then when, just to be so real, when I saw like it was called Family Channel, which is basically the Disney Channel. Right. And when all like, I don't know, I when I would that. see kids my, like our age, like on TV, I was like, I you know, could do hey, that. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. And I just always thought, and I don't know what gave me like weird butterflies in my stomach. Like when I went to um, the first time my family went to Disneyland, I was, I was like 10 and there was like some Nickelodeon producers like filming something around the corner. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like just to be around a set just made me, I don't know why, like, I don't know how I knew about it or if I just believed it was some like bigger thing than it is or what, but I just always got like butterflies and thought it was so cool. And so then when I ended up, um, you know, getting a little bit older, my mom put me into some acting classes and I was, I was an extra on on Deck the Halls Christmas movie with Danny DeVito. So if you guys have ever seen that, Matthew Broderick, Danny DeVito. And I got to be on that set and it was July and it was super hot outside. And they had us in winter jackets because it's a Christmas movie and fake snow everywhere. And I just had the time of my life. Like, and I was just an extra, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't doing anything. I just had to clap as an audience member, but watching all the cameras and the, ma I just felt like magic, honestly, right. to me. So I think I just always kind of wanted to get to explore that that um, confidence and creativity. And I love storytelling. I always find it so fun. And yeah, so I think that's sort of what drew me to it is its energy almost. That's pretty awesome. I'm, I, I've always wanted to be an actor ever since I uh, saw James Bond. And then yeah. I'd always run around my house like and I'd create these stories and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it, it kind of makes me think like, what, what do children do nowadays? Right. Like hmm. there wasn't the internet, there wasn't cell phones. And, you know, I, I saw this meme yesterday and it was uh, this kid and he's reading a cereal box and it's like, shout out to all the people that their form of entertainment wasn't tablets or cell phones. It was reading the back of cereal boxes. Of cereal boxes. Like, I resonate with that. Yes, I relate. <laughs> or like, I remember there was a time period when you would get a cereal box and they would have games inside yeah. or like, discs sometimes you could get a razor disc. blades yeah yes it was all <laughs> kinds of like fun like prizes you could win and it was like wow and you'd play like some lame like snake computer game or something like you never know but I know I know it's definitely I mean story resonates with people I really believe that especially 2020 has really taught me that that mm. is still so true because we literally had nothing else going on this year like everybody having to be home and needing some sort of a way to cope with, I think whether you had anybody like actually sick in your life or even depressed in your life or anything like that, it's just big change. And I don't think that we as humans do well with crazy drastic change that fast. We, we tend to cope. I mean, we do, we grow, we do grow and it's good for us, but I don't think the majority of us, I don't think really like it <laughs> at well, least at first, you know? And, and, and that's a great point. I think a big one too, is that people don't like options being taken away. Like, yeah, you would never, you'd probably never go skydiving. This is a horrible example, but like, 
<laughs> I can't go skydiving, you yeah. know? What, but if they you, told you, you can't ever it, go skydiving. Exactly. That you'd be like, oh, I want to go skydiving. Yeah. I actually have gone skydiving and. Uh, <gasps> was it fun? It was horrifying. It was <laughs> the stupidest thing I've ever, like, it was horrible, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Still so anxiety. I'm man. definitely afraid of heights. Definitely cool. afraid of heights. Yeah, and apparently yeah. having a fear of heights has to do with your confidence. Is that you're. You're not confident in yourself in, in yourself enough to no, not fall. I'm also afraid of heights. What does yeah. this say about me? Well, it's just something you gotta face, which which you wow. are in, in yeah. terms of being an actor, right? You're yeah. facing those fears of your shyness. And yeah. that was me skydiving. I was like, you know what? I'm 28 years old. I'm doing this. Do it. And yes. like the this is the thing I am the most afraid of. So, and it's very interesting because. Afterwards, I was reflecting on it and all the kind of strategies that I was using, it, it, it kind of made me think about what I do for a living and people and mm. their fears and how they avoid them. And I was telling myself that this wasn't actually happening, right? As, I ha- as I'm putting on the parachute, yeah. as I'm, the jumpsuit, you yeah. know, on the weird condom hat thing that you wear. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, oh, this is this isn't really real. And then as I'm yeah. going up in the plane, right, and you're like yeah. looking out, and like, oh, this is nice. And I was the first person off the plane. Oh my god! And I've never, <laughs> I was like a little child trying to like squirming its first steps. <laughs> yeah, and then the guy's like, okay, put your head back. And I've never like clenched up so much in my life, so bad that he pushed me off, like you know, strapped to me. Yeah. And you have to kind of put your, you have to put your arms in, but yeah. I was like flailing and we were, we were like this, we were like, and oh my gosh. Yeah. It was, uh, so anyways, afterwards I couldn't sleep the night. I slept perfect the night before jumping. Wow. The night after I jumped, I was like shaken. I was, yeah. I was going through like withdrawal or something like that. Wow. It was crazy. So. so what do you think that taught you then? Like, so you're, so you think it's related to like, it shook something even emotional inside of you, you would say? Well, I, I think it's that it's this idea of stories that we, we, we don't always want to accept reality, the inevitable, uh, right? Yeah. So we that tell ourselves a different story. Exactly. So we, and we create distractions and the distractions I was creating was that I'm not actually going to do this. Right. Right. So that's how you were able to sleep the night before. Cause you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. No. yeah. Oh, this isn't actually going to happen. That moment will never like that moment will never arrive. And then yeah. as I'm again, putting the suit on that, yeah. okay, well that moment won't ever arrive. And before yeah. I know it, I'm like literally flying, falling through the air. Yeah. Yeah. And you're was, like, Oh, it arrived. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then it, it was funny because he deploys oh. the parachute and that's actually really cool. Cause yeah, you're, you're going like, you know, crazy terminal velocity kind of thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and, uh, and then as we're slowly descending, he's like, okay, I'm just going to loosen up the straps a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, nope, it's really okay. You don't need to do that. I don't want to fall to my death. And then he does it and you drop. Yeah. Like, cause he loosens the straps. So you're not like hugging this person. And, uh, and I, I thought that was like, that was sheer terror. Yeah, I'm still afraid of heights too. So it didn't help. <laughs> so it didn't cure that, by the way. No, <laughs> yeah. No, so. You know, like, oh, if you're afraid of swimming, just jump in the water. That's not going to happen, is what I'm hearing. Sorry, <laughs> it's a little bit of a beep going on from my oh. end now. Sorry. Um, 
Yeah. But you know, it's kind of funny. I, I mean, I remember like, what was it? Maybe two years ago now watching Will Smith base, basically take over YouTube so that he could bungee jump in the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you followed that, but he literally like got everybody up and like he did a full on bungee jump from a plane into the Grand Canyon. And just, it was insane. There were so many like um, movie cameras there and all these people. And obviously like Jada and like <laughs> the kids were like, what are you doing like, from the side? Like freaking Your children. Out. Yeah, exactly. But man, it was like really interesting to hear his like the psychology of it, of like doing things, that, like going after things you're afraid of and trying to like push yourself out of that boundary. So I do suppose that acting does do that for me in a way. It's weird because it is both, it, it, it is both the most vulnerable thing right. that I've ever done and been a part of, and also the place that I can often feel safest. It's really strange. Like it is, it is a, it is a simultaneous experience where if I'm really in it, I can feel, I feel just totally safe because I'm like, I don't know, there's an energy that you experience between your scene partner and yourself or, or whatever you're, you're working with. And, uh, but on the other hand, there can be such like anxiety and all that stuff mm. before. Cause it's like, man, you know, if you're going to do like your, a scene where you're crying or whatever, you can just be like, wow, like they're going to see like so much of my real self. Like I can't make a joke or bat my eyes and it's going to go away. You know what I mean? And even it's quite interesting. I'm taking a class right now on Hallmark acting and a lot of Hallmark gets a really bad rap sometimes for it's like cheesiness or whatnot. But it's amazing when you really work on those scripts, like you really, and not everyone does it to the extent that I think other people do, but when you really work on them, it actually requires, like, I think the reason that people find it to be cheesy sometimes is the scripts require unabashed joy. Like it really requires a vulnerability in a way that you don't necessarily expect, right. like, because it's, you know what I'm saying? Like how a lot of people, they don't want to take pictures because they hate how they smile or something like that. Like they hate, they're like, oh, it just feels fake or whatever. Well, Hallmark requires you to be genuinely warm and happy to that extreme constantly. And so it's so fascinating that, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, what's really interesting about that mm -hmm. is unabashed joy. Like it's super positive. Whereas yeah. in films, we're used to seeing the super negative, like he's yeah. angry, he's going to yeah, kill the totally. bad guy, right? Yeah. But in this, it's like, you're being happy. I don't know, there's something. Yes, and like in Hallmark, right? Like what Hallmark guarantees you is a is a happy ending. Exactly. Well, yeah, the structure is so predictable. They, they guarantee yeah. you easy watching. They're not yeah. there, you know, and it's funny because I think when a lot of artists come to the film and television world, especially in Vancouver, they're, they just, they want what you're talking about. Like gritty, like yeah. put, me, put me in HBO. Like I want to swear and cry and like, you know, be messed up. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, that's kind of like, that's sort of like what we get drawn to. And then it's like, you're doing a hallmark and it's a totally different experience because 
yeah, you, you, a lot of people, it could come out cheesy if they're not really exploring that authentic place of joy and, and not just joy, but like looking into like associating really positive memories with the scripts and stuff like that. Because a lot of what Hallmark is, is it's this value system of like hometown, you know what I mean? And Uh community and being there to support one another and like nobody's mad in a hallmark they're mad and then one scene later they've already been like it was me it was actually (laughs) bad you know what i mean and and it's just it's quite funny i have a friend who his mom just passed away and so he's been every night watching hallmark and he was Mm -hmm. like i used to think this was the cheesiest thing in the world but now it's like, I just like something consistent where I can see that in the end, it's going to be okay, you know, because right. I don't necessarily feel that in my own life. So to watch something where people feel okay at the end is, is a beautiful kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of interesting, like, I guess going back to the thing on fear and, and um, facing that and like being safe and, and that type of thing, it's really interesting how sometimes you know, getting emotionally naked as it were for something really dramatic and gross. It feels easier sometimes to do that than it does to be like just totally pure, purely hopeful, especially in a time like the pandemic where people, especially if, cause if you have any kind of trust issues, which I do, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) you know, you, you don't want to, I don't know, just be blind. Like it just feels like you Mm -hmm. put a judgment on yourself that you're stupid because you hoped in something and then it didn't work out or whatever. Right. So it actually becomes expensive, emotionally speaking to, to hope or to want. And so, and to have desires. And so I don't know, I've been, I've been sort of sorting through some of that lately too, just thinking about, wow, that's a really interesting proposition for the actor. And particularly I think for a lot of female actors who, I don't know, we just, it's a lot, it's so hard in this industry, I think as a, as a female to kind of initially break in, you know, cause there's just so many of us. It's very right. flooded. The industry is flooded with, with women. So yeah. it's like, okay. Yeah. Well, and I, as somebody who's always been kind of curious about that world, I, to me, it feels like I have no idea how you get into that, right? Yeah. So, so to me, it, I sense that it's almost like an an impenetrable thing, let alone being a man or a woman. I mean, yeah, that's, no, that's it, just for me would, on the on the extreme be, outside. Totally, and you'd be correct that it's definitely hard for pretty much everybody to a degree. Right. Like I, I feel for a lot of my male friends, but at the same time, um, and there's also different seasons too. I would say for like what is like, I'll just give a kind of more non um, like an example in a way that's not to do with any particular people, but I sure. just talked to, I talked to um, my agent today and she just said like, you know, what's kind of in right now or what, you, what was in, in 2019, you saw a lot of like, um, you know, men and women doing commercials in offices, like just offices, like, you know, like right. you're doing like a work thing at a desk or whatever. But see, now that the pandemic has hit, so many people are working from home. So you're actually seeing less commercials in literal tangible offices because the marketing has changed because now they want to market to people who are working from home. Do you know what I'm saying? Not, not all across the board, of course, and because there are still people who are going to work, but I'm just saying like, that's one example of just a literal location shift. So let alone what they want to see when it comes to people. I mean, that gets dictated a lot by culture, like where you'll see 
um, you know, for a long time, just going back to the Hallmark thing. And the unfortunate thing was you'd see a lot of just like white, yeah. like just a lot of white. And it was only, I think a year ago that Hallmark got, um, the CEO of Hallmark was actually re- like let go and they replaced it with an, um, uh, with, a, I believe it's a black woman. I, I don't actually know her name. So that's some good that, intersection. But, that's some good yeah. intersection. Um, yeah. but they have, they have decided to go a different way. So it's really encouraging now that you're, st- you're starting to see at least the beginnings of that. You see black leads, you see, good. um, you know, my friend who's Asian is booking a lot of, you know, roles on, on Hallmarks, which I'm so happy for her. So you're it just, I mean, it, it, things are sort of changing to like what people are wanting to see, which is really good because there's absolutely no reason that we can't see every color in a story where we want to have a happy ending. In fact, yeah. we, we need it, like truly need it. And not just as the secondary characters. Right. But, but anyway, the point is like being in, um, uh, the acting world though, it can change. Like they could want yes. for me, they could want a 27 year old tall blonde one day. And the next day, like right now, our, how it's been the past like two years, I'm not popular right now, just because mm. there is just, they want to, they, they've just, they've seen the me type for so many years. They want to change it up. And I get it. Like I completely understand, you know, and not that there won't be still us out there there will be and there i i my personal value system and belief is that there should be room at the table for everyone so i'm just going to keep working to make that happen but you know it is interesting like things will definitely change like it'll just be like we're wanting like you know like you know men in their 50s and then like the next is we want a lot of kids for these commercials or we want like you know people in their 20s or young moms or whatever so it just changes what what they're looking for depending on so many things. I, I, great points because I'm a white guy, right? Mm-hmm. So growing up, I saw shows and the lead was always a white guy. You know, yeah. it was always that. But what if I was a, a black girl? Yeah. Growing up, totally. and that was yeah. all that I ever saw. Yeah. Right. Like, I think that it's. I hope it's not just paying lip service, but the actual intention is that. Mm-hmm we represent that that media is representing everybody right well yeah because there's just there just shouldn't be a reason not to and i i'm i'm finding like that some some platforms have actually been leveling that playing field i would say like i would say you know because because the thing is when you give people like any any person a chance things change and so for example um TikTok, you've seen a lot of artists grow through just doing TikTok because, you know, they just do little comedy bits or they like, you know, impersonate or whoever. And the platform isn't really as judged, like it might not be at least because, because since it's consumer controlled, do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Then there's a little bit of that. The people are speaking, right? Yeah. But it's also like, yeah. it also depends on like the mindset of the people too, because you think about, you know, um, say Disney princesses for years on end and you didn't really like see, I mean, yes, you, you saw one per thing, but like, we, like we, we have like, I, I had like, you could like watch little mermaid or yeah. Cinderella or, um, sleeping beauty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whereas yeah. it's like, I guess you could say like, if I was Asian, maybe like maybe Mulan. Right. But like, but that, and I'm not, I'm not taking away from anybody's particular things, but I'm just saying like, the more we see, it's like the better it is. And then it's cool because maybe 
yet, you know, young white girls can also look up to older Asian women too, say, or, or are, um, you know, younger, younger kids can watch an indigenous action hero and be like, dope, you know what and I mean? It, and it not be exploitive. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. Yeah. And, it, and uh, it just be normalized. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And it, cause I mean, Cause it, cause it was normalized for, for, for it to be the other way. And I just think why, like, I just think why not? And that, that can be the time in which we can start to say, like, we quote unquote, don't see color in, in so far as the good naturedness of people are trying to say that term, yeah. you can start to say that when there's a lot of representation for everybody. Yeah. And then you can say, yeah, because everybody's at the table, then sure. Then you can say that. But when not everyone's at the table, you can't really say that. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, when people say, you know, I don't see color. It's like, well, yeah. you know, you're a you look at yourself, right? You're a yeah. you're a 50 year old white dude, you know? Yeah. Like, don't well, say that. Yeah. Too. Well, that's the thing too, is like if you were hearing that from all lenses, yes. Right. Like if you were hearing a lot of Chinese and black, um, I don't know, I'm just making it up or yeah. like, you know, indigenous people saying, yeah, I don't really see color. Then you could maybe make an argument like, oh, okay, everybody is saying the same thing here. But yeah. when it just continues to be one group that yes. there is a complaint against, that's where you're like, okay, yeah. let's just, you know, and I don't know. I mean, it's also my belief systems, which I'm aware of, which is like, I just feel like God created lots of different beautiful people. So that's great. You know, that's why not? Like, yeah. <laughs> why not show? But I mean, yeah. So it's just, it, I mean, th that's going into more particularly with like race, but, um, or, but it, it, cause, because film and television, I would say more than theater is such a visual medium. Um, right it's, it's hard to not have those conversations at the forefront of your thoughts because, you know, it, cause it's literally like pictures everywhere. It's like, that's what it is. It's like, it's not even necessarily who you really are on the inside too. It's just like, it's yeah. So that's why people will say like representation is so important, not because they're necessarily going to do anything that's like for a particular culture even, but just because it's like, I just want to see myself, like what I look like, like, do I see this on there? Like, you yeah. know, like skin wise. So it's interesting. Um, you can also talk about representation in terms of not with skin, but just like even age. And like, we, we see a lot of, we see a lot of like younger I mean, it, it, it's, I mean, you see a lot of people in their thirties and forties in film and television, but like, where are, where are our older women? You know, like they, yeah. like oftentimes you'll still see, I saw, I read something today, like a new show that uh, is based on a true story. And I guess Gary Oldman's going to be in it. And he is playing the age that the age demographic of, I guess what the sixties or whatever that, that, that the character actually was at the time of the real story. And then his wife is being played by a 33 year old. And it's like in real life, the actual woman was the same age. So hi, just cast the same age. No offense to the 33 year old who was cast. I'm sure she's very talented. It's just not meant for, it's just not like <laughs> you're just erasing like a total age group though. It's like a suspension of disbelief. You yeah. know, you see that and you're like, okay, I can't get into the story because the best yeah. movies, yeah. you really, f you feel that every single part of it is intentional to me. Yeah. Like I saw, yeah. I saw um, Defy Bloods. It's a Spike Lee movie. It's oh, the, Spike it's, Lee. Oh, have you seen that, that film? I haven't seen it yet. It's, is it good? Uh, it's the most complete film I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah, it just like from start to finish because it's uh, 
I don't know. It's just something about it. It mm-hmm. it was very thought out. Whereas I see some films and it's like, you know, yeah. I, I, like if I look at movies from the nineties, like, you know, Commando and those Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. movies, it's yeah. like, I don't know really how much thought was put into this. It, so, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But, but now it seems that because there's so much available, there's so many choices for consumers, right? Mm-hmm. We have to make things stick because there's just so much. I think about it with music, right? Like there is so much great music that's coming out, but none of it sticks with me like music from, you know, the seventies and eighties, not to, you know, date yeah. myself or anything, but no, it's because I, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's just, there's so much out there and there's too many choices and it's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. hard that way. No, absolutely. And I think it's also like um, doing, like I was saying about Hallmark, not to keep going back to Hallmark, but <laughs> every everything has its purpose, like even commercials. So commercials would yes. never try to be a Spike Lee movie. Why? Because it's not its purpose. It's not its intention. It's commercials are, unless the entire joke was to be as like a Spike Lee movie in that minute as it could to be like, oh, Spike Lee, an advertisement yeah. or something right, like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, then it's not going to be that because it's, it's not, that's not its purpose. It's not its intention. But, um, and with Hallmark too, it's like, it knows its place. Its place is very much the formula of doing that. And that's the, that's its target audi- audience. And that's what it wants to do. It's not doing anything for, the sake of artists, like being an artist, it's doing it for the sake of being uh, a place of refuge and, and calm and community and warm feelings. You know what I mean? And so you have certain movies um, that come out that are sticking to a formula because of whatever purpose they're going for. So it's really, I think we find a big treat in stuff that gets, you know, promoted at the Oscars. And the reason the Oscars are like the Oscars is because a lot of those people are trying to go towards something artistic. They're actually trying to be detailed in every like decision and they're taking their time and, you know, and, and that's why you'll also feel that from like a lot of indie movies, cause they're independent. They don't have to have a specific target budget or audience. And so you you might feel like that's a little bit more you know there's a lot more care given to that than say I don't know something like um like the Marvel franchise the Marvel franchise is amazing and like I love the the, see that's that's great too but for a totally different reason like that's not necessarily trying to be an artsy film they're trying to be an action film where they make you feel like oh yeah, yeah, I could go conquer anything right now. Like you leave, you know, you've just gained five pounds in popcorn alone. And then you're like, yeah, I could go jump off buildings like Spider-Man. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. sort of the, or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, I actually use the, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not Tom Holland here, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's could be, it, there's a lot of, uh, of movies that have a, a different purpose to them, yeah. I guess. And so, that's interesting too. But like when you're talking about music, like there's, I mean, there's so many talented artists that just don't get seen, you know, like we just don't hear their music. We don't hear it. And, you know, I always think about this, like Shakespeare, one of like supposedly the greatest writers of all time, a lo- like his work wasn't even like, it didn't even blow up till after he passed away. So he didn't even see his own work like he he did he wrote a ton of plays and he was you know at Shakespeare's Globe 
doing that. But, you know, like it wasn't until after his death that he just became what he is now. And so it's interesting how, I don't know, sometimes I feel like we miss the greats a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure we do. I mean, going, going back to commercials and yeah. To me, commercials are, are very interesting because they yes. do tell us about our values. Yeah. Although very extremely inexplicitly. Yeah. But like if you're if you're not being kind of conscious to it, like if you sort of ask yourself, what's the message in this uh in this commercial? Yeah. Yeah. Like I love alcohol commercials. Yeah. Uh, as Definitely. somebody who, you know, I I used to enjoy my alcohol and now I've yeah. pulled back. But anyways, yeah. you look at those and you're like, what is it saying about this poisonous substance? Because that's what alcohol is, is poison. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I love my beer, but anyways, yeah. so they're showing like, and they're all cool and they're like cracking the beers and stuff. And yeah. you're like, what, what yeah. is the value here that they're trying yeah. to sell? Just, just to relax, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah. and then you have other ones with, uh, which are always strategic, I feel are like, cleaning appliance commercials yeah and who's using those you know like yeah yeah right anyways i, I but it's but, a no it's a totally great point because it's like you know you see these like ripped whatever ripped <laughs> like suave like actors like with their whiskey right and it's a total yeah. image and uh you're like man that's classy as heck yeah like, let's go like i want that and then More you party. realize like the actor is like a vegan who actually hasn't drank in like five years and like it's just like he has a lot of water that's detoxifying his body and like <laughs> you know what I'm saying and it's like you think by using the product that you're gonna yeah. be like them or you think that you're gonna have that life and meanwhile you know particularly being like friends with some like beautiful amazing people but who are alcoholics recovered or not it's like it's not, uh, yeah. it's not what you think it is. And like, it, it's not, that message is not going to solve your problems. It can be fun for sure. Like I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative necessarily about alcohol as a whole, but it's just in just like anything, it could be like taking it away from alcohol. It could be anything that they're telling you, this is what your life is going to look like exactly. if you buy this product. I can just tell you, it's never that simple. <laughs> like yeah. it's just not, you know, like even a couch or whatever, right? Like here it is, we open this couch and now you have this whole relaxed life. Yeah. But if you still have a stressful daily life and don't eat properly, like it's going to be a hard time, you know, yeah. for example, I don't know, yeah. just throwing you it can, out there. You can only be comfortable for so long until yeah. something else, like, <laughs> And yeah. that's just the nature of consumerism, right? Yeah. Like it's totally, you know, there's a system around this, right? Yeah. But I mean, my favorite for a long time was the old spice commercials. I love oh, yeah. the old spice commercials, but you know what I liked is that they were going so over the top with it that you were, everybody understood. It was like the biggest joke. Like you couldn't actually have pecs that big yeah. just because you used old spice, right? Like and because they almost mocked themselves, I think they did better as a campaign, honestly. And so many people bought it just because it was so funny, you know, yeah. and people wanted to, you know, and some of the commercials, yeah, they'll make some something funny or like whatever Philadelphia cr cream cheese or Red Bull gives you wings or whatever. Like they'll, they'll do that. They'll just kind of. Doesn't so, actually give you wings yet. Don't try yeah. that. Surprisingly, I didn't get wings when I drank Red Bull. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I just, just had heart palpitations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just felt really excited and energized. Yeah. So the point being like, yeah, I don't know. I just think sometimes it is interesting to analyze what is being, yeah, advertised. Because I mean, you can really go back and see a lot about a 
a culture or a time period. Like if you find old commercials or even advertisements from like papers in the fifties, it's like some of the stuff that I've seen, like that it's come up as a result of, I guess, just like feminism and things they'll have, like, they'll have like little clippings that were actually like real advertisements for things of like, for women to just eat like two potatoes a day or something like to be thin, you know? And you're like, what the heck? (laughs) Or like cleaning products, as you said, like appliances, like we, you know, yeah. And you definitely have a choice as the, the person who's advertising to be like, is everybody included in this space? Like, are we making absolutely not? They were like, yeah. 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 And like, I understand they have to advertise to particular demographics I get that there's a science to it but it's also it can be sad if it's not kind of I don't know if it's not ethical in a way you know what I mean like if you're like okay so we're always gonna have like the woman in the kitchen or whatever you know and it's like if you sometimes have like a playful like men and women that'd be like cool but if it's like always one way you know you're like okay so as an example but it but that is a great point right like who is it but who is it that's watching commercials Mm-hmm. And and I think that kind of going off here, but we live a lot of our lives very unconsciously, right? Yeah. So when we watch, like when we watch things, we just want, so many of us want to just relax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally tune out. But for creators such as yourself, mm-hmm. it sounds like you always want to create. Like I, for me, it's, if I'm watching something, I, I want to get something out of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and I'm sure maybe in your own, like, how do you, you've had, I think, okay, I, know, so it's, I, think I know the question you're going to ask. So go I might for just it. answer. Go for it. <laughs> so when I do art, most of the time, although again, Hallmark's going to contradict this, but well, no, maybe not even then. Um, most of the time, what I like as an artist is anything that asks the audience a question. I don't tend to like art that tells you, and I know this is going to sound funny because again, I'm about to do commercials, which is all about basically propaganda of telling you what to do with the exception of commercials, because somebody's got to eat up in here guys. Um, But when you're talking about actual art, you're, you're often wanting to do something that, yeah, like asks a question because what that does is it's actually an invitation rather than an, I'm telling you what to do. Because yeah. then what we can do is you and I can go on this journey together, you, the audience or the listener, and me, the storyteller or the creator. Um, and we can actually engage in something real. And we don't even have to have the same view on it too. Like I know for songwriting, sometimes, you know, you write a song that's like really personal to you. And then somebody hears that song and it's really personal to them, but for a super different reason. You know what I mean? And I think that's really cool because there's something about it. Like if you're, if you're asking questions in your work all the time, then people have to think about it. I'm not saying like directly, I'm just saying, you know, even with Hallmark, it could be like, what is the value of family? Like it could even just be as simple as that. And then you're watching and you're like, man, I miss my grandma. (laughs) I like the, I like when she baked pies or whatever it is. Like, you know what I mean? Or, you know, and even half the stuff too is very nostalgic and not even always real. You might have a terrible relationship with your family, but it still makes you feel like kind of community or whatever. As I said, like having friends who are watching it right now, who are very, I would say like, I think Hallmark's going to do really well this December because 
not only just because it's always a Christmassy movie, but because a lot of people can't go home for holidays yeah. or they don't have a place to go. Or they don't have family they can see. And so it's just this like, but it's something that's asking them to think about it. You know what I mean? To think about family, community, and love. And just what does it mean to hope? You know what I mean? And those, those things can be, like I said, depending on how deep you want to get with it, it can be wonderful and also sometimes uh, deep depending on where you're at. But, but I think that those questions can really help you engage with it. You start to come along with the ride on that, you know, as opposed to, for example, something that just tells you what to think, you know, because right. then that to me, that kind of verges into propaganda when it's like, I, I don't know. And, you know, so, sometimes I do watch films that are even highly like regarded and I'm like, yeah, but I just feel like they weren't exploring it. They were telling us this is how it is and that's it, you know? Which and is, maybe that does come from what we're saying about like not having the option as soon as maybe that's my rebellious spirit. As soon as you're like, I'm not giving you an option. I'm like, well, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah. and, and that also dovetails into what you're saying about the invitation, right? And the yeah. best story, like you watch TED Talks, uh, you watch yeah. Star Wars, you know, you, all these, here, here's a connection between TED Talks and Star Wars, the way that they bring you in right the beginning of star wars is a big battle right away you're in yeah yeah the beginning of a ted talk is like a question and right yeah. away you're in both yeah. these kind of scenarios while universe like you know completely different yeah there's a there's a degree of like what's going on and yeah. i want to know more and you're being pulled yeah. in right versus yeah. something it's like you you're told everything like you ever watch previews for a film yeah. And it's like two minutes long right. and you're like, yeah. I know exactly how this movie ends. Yeah. Well, exactly. And sometimes, like I said about the propaganda, it's not always necessarily negative either. It's not always like come like we hear that word and we're like, oh, Nazism in World War II. Right. But like, it's not always like that. It's sometimes it's just like, ugh, I didn't really participate. I was obviously mm. on the outside because if you that's the other thing, if the characters have already figured it out, there's no need for you to be there. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. if there is no struggle with the main character or some characters or whatever, then there's no journey to go on. You know what I mean? And in real life, there's always a journey to go on like as a human being. So when we see that on screen or in plays or whatever, we realize it's just not real. And so then we check out instantly because we're like, oh, that's not actually authentic to have somebody who's not journeying. You know what I mean? Well, and the other piece that's so important in the, you know, the heroic arc or the story mm -hmm. is conflict. Could, oh, like, yeah. could you imagine yeah. if there was, you watched a film and there was no conflict? Yeah. Like, yeah. Even documentaries. Yeah. There's a conflict. Yeah. What does that say about us as human beings? Yeah. Well, but it's, but you know what I think it is though, it's also tied up again in the question, because for me, like when you were mentioning Star Wars, like Star Wars is, I think it's, it's always a battle of good and evil to a degree. It's always a battle of the dark side. It's always a battle of, it's always a question of you can make the choice, but which one are you going to choose? You know what I mean? And so that's where the conflict is sometimes almost inner, like the conflict. It, well, it particularly, and I mean, like the most recent star Wars films too, like you really see it. Like you really see, like they battle, they battle that dark side because they know that everybody could go to it. Like everybody could be consumed, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting. Because in the first ones, that's actually a really good point. 
in, in a lot of films, they, a good film doesn't make one side or the other heavy handed. Like it's not mm-hmm. always be the good guy in yeah. some films. You're like, well, like for example, Thanos in the Marvel film, yeah. yeah. you know, and he's like, the, you guys are going to destroy the earth and all that stuff. And obviously I don't agree with eradicating half the human population, but it's just sure. like, I can see where he is in that argument. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, there's, there's well, they, a, red- they, really, they really hit us with like a big moral, like theological like, yeah. question really yeah. with Thanos. They did. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, no, it makes total sense to you suddenly have like, you see a perspective or a compassion or an empathy for somebody and it makes it, it, it suddenly makes it a lot more complicated. It, it and, really and, and that's just it. Like, this is such a great point that you're making. Sorry to interject. No, no, but I love it. There's the good and the bad, but as we know in life, it's not that simple. It's mm-hmm. just great. Like when you're five years old, you have mm-hmm. to know right and wrong. Right. Yeah. And then you kind of, you, you sort of structure your life around that. Cause if you're like, well, you know, there's good, there's bad, and there's indifferent, Johnny. And the kid's yeah. like, what? Right? Yeah. So you got to tell them right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But then as you get older, you realize sometimes you have to break rules, mm-hmm. right? Be- In order to do what's right, even. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. utilitarian purpose. Like, I, you, if your friend's yeah. injured and you got to rush them to the hospital, you're, you're going to go through a red light. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or you might even, another example is you might even push on their arm to make sure they don't bleed out, which will hurt them at the time. And you're not supposed to hurt your friends. Right. You know what I mean? But in order to save them, you're going to hurt them to save them, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a long-term perspective. So exactly. And so, I mean, I see all these things, all these things we're talking about are so interesting to me because it's like with storytelling, I think for me, I believe that storytelling again is like a God gift. Like, I think it's like a thing that we were given from him. And so oh, I just, it's really, dude, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting to like, kind of, you know, if he created the story structures and stuff like that, then you, you can find yourself in a lot of interesting places by just asking questions, you know, cause we don't know the answers to everything. And so it's really to ask a question could, you know, you, you could, the other thing about asking a question as opposed to telling an answer. If you ask a question, people could land on either side and still it's a successful movie. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like people could, people could be like, well, yeah, but I think, you know, at the end of that movie, I just like, I had more c- compassion. Like, for example, my dad and I, the other day, we were watching The Crown. Okay. We're obsessed with The Crown. We went to England. We're obsessed with these royals. And at the end of an episode, you know, he, my dad goes, well, they really portrayed like, you know, whatever, Prince Andrew and Prince Edward as like pretty like, they're kind of dicks and all this <laughs> stuff. And I was like, yeah, but I actually, and in my head, I'm like, okay. I get it. Yes. But also I was thinking like they were portraying them in a way that for the first time ever, I feel like I have compassion for like whoever Charles and, and for all these people and I'm seeing more of their humanity. And like, I never had that because I always like, like princess Diana, like, you know what I mean? Like, and now I'm like, so it's funny, like how, like, yes, the show could put them in a more bad light, but also there's a lot of us, I think that are watching it and going, Oh man, like, it would be very hard to live the life of a royal. Like, I know it sounds like, yes, you're rich. Yes, you're famous, all this stuff. You can get whatever you want tangibly, but you can't get whatever you want truly. And so yeah. it was just, see, so even even like the little questions they ask in the show, and it's subtle. It's it's like, 
you could almost make it akin to a theme. It's like themes. Like you feel like golden through lines throughout scripts. And you're like, see, because they really, they really threw me off with that one. And now I'm actually thinking twice about humanity. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they're really actually causing me to leave the show and go, man, that would be hard, you know? Well, and I, I love what you said about, you're talking about store, like in this, creativity and stories and the conversation that's created from them and how there's you say god and there there really is like a god-like kind of element here of of the power of creation totally and not just talking about like you know human beings and stuff no no yeah but when you when you're writing or you're for example in your case when you're acting i'm sure time must just stop you know yeah and and you're alive Yeah. Writing yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, but when you're in those moments that you're yeah, doing, it's frozen. Yeah, exactly. But then also you watch when you hear a really amazing song that just connects yeah. with you or you yeah. see a film or you're consuming something, but it connects with you on that level. That again, too, if you're really paying attention to it, there mm-hmm. is this kind of like awe inspiring it's stirring. Oh, it yeah, yeah, it does. It evokes awe. And yeah. that's my favorite. I mean, that's the thing too, is so if you're going to like ask to me, art must ask a question of, of some kind. And then where you go from there is like, what kind of questions do you want to ask? And that can be very wide ranged. And like, for me, I think I'm most interested in questions that evoke awe or empathy or kind of like love or that kind of thing. And yes, like sometimes, you know, that can look very different. It can look like a superhero movie. It can look like a Hallmark. It can look like a gritty indie. It can definitely look like different things, but it just depends on like, where's maybe another way to put it is where's the heart, you know, of the piece or the song or the, you know, cause I mean, I've heard, I've heard songs about, you know, cheating, for example, that are just like as a person, I would be like, well, morally, like it's wrong to cheat. And like, yes, but at the same time, listening to a piece of art can develop empathy for like how hard sometimes those situations are. And then what happens is then I leave that song and I go, man, I do have more respect for my brothers and sisters on this planet because I, I understand that it's like, it's challenging. And if you don't have enough like love and support or, or sometimes even if you do, like, this is like the reality of being a human, it's hard, you know? So I don't know. It's kind of cool. Like I love art that can challenge me to sometimes it is literally like challenging me. Like, Oh, I didn't want to think that, but now I do. But sometimes it's also just like affirming what we already kind of know, which is like, you know, we do want to love people or like things like that, you know? I, so. I and, and I love what you're saying about like, I, I, I try to, uh, you know, right now I'm kind of busy. So I'm listening to a lot of books and yeah. I try to listen to books that challenge the way I see things, right? Huh, like cool. if, if there's a book that, unless it's just really, really hard for me to listen to, because I mean, time is very precious to me, but if yeah. there's a book that's kind of challenging my views on things, mm-hmm. that's a book I should listen to, hmm. right? Yeah. And, and I started this year, um, there's a book called White Fragility. Yeah. And I first saw that title and I'm like, that uh, that yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. dumb or whatever i had some sort of aversion to it and then yeah. i thought to myself hold on a second yeah i haven't even like there's something about this that i need to check out yeah and then i i listened to it i i, I read it and listened to it and i was like okay this is 
I needed to, I needed to hear this message despite it being uncomfortable. Yeah. I have grown from hearing this. And that's a big thing that you talk about in your podcast is the importance Mm -hmm. of growth. Yeah. 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 And, and, and you can't grow if you're just going to live a comfortable life and, and kind of tying it into Hallmark. That's why we like it because Hallmark's comfortable. Life is full of challenges. And if we meet those challenges, then it's okay to enjoy the Hallmark film. But when we don't challenge it, what's that? Yeah. Well, exactly. And like, sometimes like, frankly, here's the thing too, is where I would say we're in a fight or flight zone as a society. (sighs) I'll say even, even, even in like, I mean, definitely North America, probably the whole world. I can't speak to that as much because obviously I'm here. So this is what I see is like my, my people here, but, but because of that, you know what? It's a fight every day. Like it's a fight every day to be like, oh yeah. Okay. So wait, we got to wear masks and and we got to, okay. So now we have to change how we're, you know, doing all of that. And then there's even arguments about that. And then there's like, okay. And then there was the political thing and it's like, okay, in the States. And of course that pours over into Canada too. And it's like, there's arguments about that. And then, (laughs) and then you're like, okay, um, well, and then all this stuff came out about, you know, well, first of all, everybody's got to be home. And so then there's a self argument with that. It's like, well, frick, I don't want to be home. <laughs> you know, I want to get out into yeah. the, uh, like, you know, and so we're, I think as probably by the end of February societally, like, or end of March, we were already like, mm, not like the healthiest. And then we poured into, then it was like, let's uncover some of the underbelly of things. And like, we started dealing with the racism we see yes. in, in, this it well I mean all over really and like yeah. it, the thing about it that's funny is like if you're a person who was like knew about that stuff before it didn't necessarily like it was horrific to watch like for example the George Floyd video but it's also like it didn't come as a surprise because at the same time it's like we know this is going on and yeah. then there's a lot of people who never knew it was going on before this time I and guess this is not like like this is George Floyd is not. Yeah, his. But this is the second Black Lives Matter, and that's what kind of breaks my heart. Is like this is the second wave of the Black Lives Matter, and I'm kind of even noticing now, and and this is from my you know perspective, that it seems to be kind of losing momentum, and that breaks my heart because this is like this isn't a fad. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of a little bit. What gets tricky is all the funding and all the all the like the different kinds of people like who back it and make it into like a political movement or not but it's not really a political like uh, I understand why it can be a political movement but at the same time it's really just asking everybody to go wow let's be humans like wow it's not that hard let's just literally be humans and like support each other and if you have a black first of all this is the thing too is like I'm always thinking to myself, like, do my, do my, do people have like black friends or Asian Mm -hmm. friends or like, I would say the number one way you could probably combat against racism is honestly just find a friend that's not your ethnicity, like start there. You know what I mean? Because then you get to hear their actual words and not just what you think this type of person thinks, you know, to actually include that in your life and and you know somebody from a different culture somebody from a different place like or 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 even somebody who is here but just has a different experience well and and what's unique and 
and I, and I think it's wonderful that we're talking about this because yeah, you know, we're, it's, we're, it's not planned by the way, but, this yeah, is cool. yeah. but, but people, some people are like, Oh, you know, you can't talk about that. Well, oh, yeah. why not? Because I want to, I want to become better. Yeah. And it, what is fascinating to me is that I have friends of different cultures. Uh, one of my, like my, you know, I call him my brother. He's from yeah. the West Indies and he's invited me to like cultural events. I've, yeah. you know, I've gone to Barbados with them. And, oh, sweet. Uh, you know, I, I, I bring them up, but uh, quite often, but I was able to be immersed in something that was totally not me. And it helped me better understand who I am. Whereas every day yeah. wow. we're kind of, cool. we're living in our sort of world, you know, mm-hmm. this yeah. very, you, you know, Western European world. Mm-hmm. And we don't even see because we're the the majority or whatever right we yeah. don't really see what our own system is what what our culture is it's kind of like i don't really know what it means to be a white person yeah because because we so assumed we're the majority right yeah. but when you go and you immerse yourself in another culture you know you, you go to a place like taiwan yeah just for example and you're around you're immersed in something you get a better sense of who you are and a better appreciation yeah. of who you, of your culture as well as this other culture. Right? Yeah. And it's yeah. very difficult, by the way, to experience other cultures authentically and be a bigoted person. Yeah, it's really, right? I mean, it definitely, I think it's, yeah, even the words bigoted, it's like, it's an interesting label because I totally relate to why people use it. But at the same time, it's so interesting because I think it's like people just, Maybe I'm being too easy on people, but I think it's just like, if you have, if you really like, as you said, if you're walking in people's shoes and you're actually there, it's kind of like, it's kind of hard like to, to be that way. You kind of just drop it. You might question like, Hey, like, why is it that way? I don't agree with that. And that's fine. You don't have to agree with everybody's like full on culture, but it's more like, that's not necessarily to like, what's even happening. It's not always cultural. It's literally like, I have friends who, who were born in Canada, but are black, you know, they're not culturally there. There's, I mean, well, I shouldn't even quite say that because it's like, obviously culture is still important, like to, to who they are, but I'm just saying like, it's not, some, sometimes it's like, I think it's easier than we're making it. It's like, just like, you know, don't be a dick about it. Like just they're a human, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At times. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah, I, I think, I think it's always so helpful to just like develop lots of friends who come from different areas and, and, and have different experiences. And that can definitely will help you grow. Um, as you say, and I, I know, I think the reason we were talking about this too, is just like the whole fight or flight thing right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's been so much of that energy that all year it's like, I mean, we just couldn't take it. Like we really couldn't analyze anything in a, in a very calm, empathetic way. And the reason why I say that too, is like, if you do have friends, then you like, of course, if they're your friend, you have empathy towards your friends, unless you're a terrible friend, like you like your friends. That's why you chose them in your life. Right. Like, so that develops a natural understanding of like, okay, this is how it can go. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. I think, and, and uh, this is kind of what I was picking up that you're saying that we need, we need to be compassionate for everyone. Right. So for example, we live in a world and I am a huge supporter of being who you are. 
right? Yeah. I'm a huge supporter of that. Like if you're, yeah. if you identify as a woman, you, you know, sure. whether it's gender, you know, your relationships, your religion, your weight, all things, you know, yeah. I'm all for being who you are. But in that, if people have opinions, like for example, um, they, they have kind of racist ideas rather than saying, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? It's like, why do you, let's kind of have a conversation about that instead of, and that's my kind of criticism of cancel culture is people might say things that oh, are, yeah. you know, they don't go with the status quo, but it's like, dude, that's kind of like Marxist sounding, you know, like you just want everybody to be the same, like I robot. Like yeah. if we do want people to be individuals, right. Mm-hmm then we have to kind of meet people where they are, right? We can't just, uh, you know, French Revolution actually execute people that don't think like we do. We got to have conversations yeah. with them. And that's that's yeah. how I started this up, right? I mean, yeah. I don't agree with everybody, but mm-hmm. I am seeking to understand. Yeah, which I appreciate about your title. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but no, you know what it is? I think it's also like, there's something to be said about I'll give this example, secure confidence. What I mean by that is like, sometimes I feel like people, they pretend they're confident and so they like mm. overcompensate. So it's like, it's kind of this vibe of like, um, like, oh yeah, man. Like, did you see, like, I got this, like whatever new car. <laughs> I don't know. I'm making it up as I go. Right. Yeah. And you're like, and you can instantly feel as that person that friend you instantly feel like oh there's something like on the outside I don't know like I just feel like you're trying too hard here for some reason whereas secure confidence you may never even hear about certain things because they don't need to almost like speak on it because it's just they're confident in it and I I kind of I guess um like why was I bringing that up because I think it's like I think that that's going all the way back to the kind of like asking a question or, or making a statement. It's kind of like when you make a statement in art or in life, it's kind of like there can be a judgment there. Like you're judging somebody to a degree. This is what I believe. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so, so if you disagree, then you're wrong maybe. Right. And as you're saying about the cancel culture and stuff, and what, what's hard about that too, is sometimes with cancel culture, they're not necessarily asking the right questions. Cause I, I actually also believe that there's a way, like you can ask questions, but you can also ask better questions where you can, you can say something like, you know, uh, if your end goal is really to see, um, for example, like a business that, y- you know, a lot of people shop at, if, if you're really wanting to see them, you know, have, uh, like a, a, you know, more representation. We just keep going back to that, but let's yeah. say, yeah. and you say, well, just let's cancel it. Well, cause they don't, you know, it's like, okay, well you're judging that you totally fully understand, you know, the ins and outs of how that company works and like what they're trying to do and like how they're trying to grow. It doesn't I leave see. any room for personal growth to just cancel something. Whereas if you actually, that's one of my, one of my favorite, um, I think right now, like kind of podcast, it's not really a podcast, but, um, again, with, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith is like the red table talk. I don't know if you ever watched that, but they, they, it's Will Smith's wife, but he basically it's, um, her and her, her grandmother or sorry, sorry, her and her mother and her daughter. So it's a, a, a 
I guess like a 20 year old, a 40 something year old, and then like a 60 something year old and three black, beautiful women. Oh my gosh. They're incredible. And they always have, because of different generations, they have different opinions and a little bit of conflict even within themselves, but they bring on a guest and it's always about hearing their heart and moving towards like healing in some way. And I just, I, I think, you know, we should just throw people we want to cancel at the red table talk <laughs> because, because a conversation, you know, and asking questions can get you so much further than like, than just making like a, a statement or a judgment. And like, and, and again, I, I understand that there, I do understand that there's a point in which, you know, you, they don't want to change. They don't want to grow. They don't want to, but, but to me again, and maybe this is radical. I feel like those are the people that just really need love though. Like, I feel like those are the people that, you know, they haven't seen it. And it's, I mean, those are the, also the people that are hardest to love. And sometimes I think about, again, some biblical things, but it's like, you know, it's like, you got to love your neighbor as yourself. And so it requires two things and also like love your enemies, which is like, wow, like we just have to love everybody, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like from a Christianity point of view, it's like, A, you have to, I understand you have to like, you know, do a lot of self-care and love yourself to, in order to love other people and extend to your neighbor. And so, you know, if there are people in like your life or family or whatever, who are really actively hurting you, I do understand you need to like, you know, you can't just be like, well, just love them anyway. I'm not saying get abused. You have to remove yourself from that situation. But at the same time, I'm just saying that at a base, like those people really need our help. We can't just as a society give up on them and say, well, you know, because there's a lot of people that are really hard to love. I would say I'm hard to love. That's how I know I can love other people because it's like, you know, everybody, like, if you know, you're like, I don't know, are we being honest? Like if I'm honest, like, man, I'm hard to love. Like we're all hard to love. Like we're human beings. When we are yeah. When we are true, you know what I'm ourselves. saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, because, because, because reality is naturally too, there's a certain level of like, um, you know, and we grow from this. I'm not saying we have to stay in a victim place or anything like that. I'm just saying like, you know, we have a natural amount of like ability to be selfish or to want to put ourselves first or whatever. It's like, it's yeah. So for me, I just think, I think rather than go into a cancel or like a judgment or a statement, like this person is a, uh, you know, like a bigot and that's the end. It's like, okay. Uh, yeah. If you've been really hurt by somebody, you do need to remove yourself from like, mm-hmm. cause I, you need to heal obviously. Like I'm not saying like, just, Oh, just don't worry about it and invalidate all your feelings. But at the same time, we like, we have to find a way to stop them from hurting us, but also to stop them. I think they're hurting themselves too, by doing that. And so we have to find a way to love them. Yeah. I don't know. There and and uh, I was listening to something and you know it's this uh, website Karen's Gone Wild or whatever I I it was it was a <laughs> clip it was a clip on Howard Stern and they're playing these videos yes. and it okay. was clips of what some of these people were saying in public and speaking about hard to love it's like yeah. whoa like there there really is a line right that it's yeah. like hey man like you can't talk like that right like. Yeah. I will listen to you, but you cannot talk like that. Right. Like that's yeah. just, that, that's not There's respectful. Also, yeah. Well, certainly like you yeah. have to, yeah, there have, and again, that's the thing too, is um, I think a lot of people will feel 
<laughs> yeah, it's like, well, okay. So it doesn't feel equal at this point, like to love somebody who just doesn't give any rips right. about us, you know? Right. And like, that's sometimes like, I think there's something, like I said, to, to be said about that. And I think it's valid. And like, there is a point in which it can't be all of us all the time too. Like sometimes it's like, for example, I think a lot of my black friends during this past year have felt like, I don't want to have to explain racism. <laughs> Like, right. if you guys right. don't get it, can somebody else explain racism for a little bit? Yeah. Like, like, read can, a book can, or can something. You guys yeah. go like find it, like you know. And yeah. I think that's fair because it's like there is an exhaustion, you know. And I, I think, uh, but at the same time, of course, you know, our best resource for that is going to be the people who it's affected, you know. So of course, right. like, but there's also so much material and and stuff been spoken out and whatever. But I, so I just, I think that there is a level of that. So it's like, if there's like, um, you know, I always feel for, for example, for the service industry, I always feel mm. for servers and stuff like that. Cause we love our servers and they are so underappreciated. But if you see somebody who like goes and yells at a server, like it's not the server's job to make them feel amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they've been hurt and like, you know, like, honestly, like just leave them the frick alone. But what I'm just saying is as a society, we can't then just take that person and be like, you're done forever. Like, cause that person yeah, yeah. needs a time to grow. I'm just saying on the broader scale. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, it kind of goes into, we see people in clips, right? Yeah, totally. You know, right. we don't, we don't right. see their whole story. And, yeah. and again, a lot of this cancel culture stuff, which is yeah. actually on a kind of different tangent, but anyways, right. it's clips of what people are saying and it can easily be taken out of context. Sure. And, and, like, and if, yeah. Well, and a cancel culture was effective. Let's just be real. Donald Trump still wouldn't be the president. Right. So it clearly. So it's not working, right? Yeah. 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 And that yeah. guy's, that guy's values, you know, it, it's not just him that worries me. It's the 74 million that voted for him. Right. But I think it's like even understanding like, okay, how do we get that divide? How did that happen? How do we get, because that, that, how do we get that, how, because I, I would say probably that there's a lot of those people who said, I don't understand the people who voted for Biden and Kamala. So it's like, That's well, so yeah. the point there goes into, okay, so I just have a suspicion that more people in the United States actually agree on some stuff than they think, but there's been a lot of divisive stuff going Ooh, on. That's a great point. And I'm just wondering, you know, so that's why, that's what I mean about, you could sometimes ask almost like better questions. I, Do you know what I mean? Go ahead. Hey, I, 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 yeah, I love what you're going. My brain's like, anyways, this <laughs> cool. divisiveness is, it's so, when you step back and look at it, it is quite synthetic. It's quite artificial because like you just said, mm -hmm. If we, if we didn't just make it about these weird camps of the blue and the red and the Republicans yeah, and sure. the Democrats, just to use yeah. that example, yeah, um, it, they, there's actually probably pockets within these guys that sort of mesh in with that. You know, there's, there's probably yeah. crossover and there's other, totally. like, or really as a group, they probably have a lot more in common than that they don't. Yeah. You know? I would, I would suspect, and it's like, yeah it's like it's also difficult to know like truly and i i mean this with all due respect because i and it's happening in canada too it's like i'm curious where people get their information from because if it's just social media if it's just the news 
I just think that's why I say, I think the most authentic thing you can probably do honestly is develop friendships with a lot of people who think differently or, or maybe don't even think differently, but come from a different place because, you know, for example, I have a, uh, a black girlfriend who's just amazing. And she, she said, um, she said to me, she was like, yeah, I don't relate to the experience of, for example, black America, because I actually grew up rich in Africa. So <laughs> it's like, it's like, and you just don't think these, but, but then if somebody met her, like they would probably go, oh, she have an assumption about her. Do you know what I mean? Yes. About like what this looks like or whatever. And she's like, I actually relate more to like what you're going through and like a regeneration of understanding things or whatever, you know? So there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different there's a homo- so my thought is, yeah. yeah. So there's more crossover than maybe we're, we're thinking there is. We like to homogenize things you know, like look at them and it's just easier going back to the five-year-old kid. It's easier to just understand things if it's either this or that, Yeah. but that like you're saying is it's just not the reality. They were always, there will always be exceptions to the rule. There will always be exceptions to the rule. Like, you know, for example, you know, murder, thou shall not murder. I think that's like the first commandment. Yeah. but what if somebody was well, trying not the first but yeah <laughs> okay yeah what is the okay. first i don't know anyways you know yeah you know how i know that because the first is love the lord your god with all your heart mind and soul so that's how i know. oh okay because you got to start with him <laughs> right i'm just messing with you at this point though don't worry yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. yes but that's not important yeah. it's important <laughs> yeah he came first but 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 it's yeah, totally yeah. Kidding. murder and uh but if somebody was trying to you know murder my family you yeah, know, I'd kill well, them, right? I'm just, I'm just being real, right? Yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. So totally. There will and always you be about these things. exactly. There will always be exceptions to the rules. So, for example, you talk about your friend who grew up in Africa, and how somebody not knowing her would conceptualize as stereotype as well. That was there's this homogenization of the mind, right? That when we see, it's like when we're growing up and uh, we see dogs, right? But then we see a cat, but our brain thinks, well, that's, that's, that's probably a dog, right? Mm-hmm. We, we have these categorizations of how we understand and know things and we try to fit them into these boxes, but then yeah. when they don't fit into the box, we have something called cognitive dissonance, right? That you're like, yeah. wait a minute, that doesn't, that doesn't go there. Where does it, where does it go? Right? So, and then at some point in our adult lives, it's like, we don't want to learn things anymore or something. Right. And I think that's when we have the sort of the, you know, we're hitting a roadblocker here is because we don't want to change what we know and we're seeing something that doesn't fit what we know. Can I ask you a question as a, like a a clinical counselor, like, do you think that there's any connection between that and like some level of feeling overwhelmed? Or do you think that there's a connection of that and something is stopping you from maybe like childhood or something like this idea of like, I don't want to learn. I don't want to grow. I think it's twofold. Mm -hmm. I think uh, um, there's a, uh, a researcher from around here. His name's Gabor Mate. And he talks about how, Oh, hi. My, my daughter's saying hi. Oh, hello. And he's saying how, uh, so much in terms of addictions and substance abuse, it's based on childhood problems, 
right? Yeah. So I think there's that. And then there, there are the people of the world who they got their nine to five jobs. They have their families. Times are tight and they are overwhelmed. So there's that, that, uh, yeah. you know, that sort of traumatic element of things that have happened, right? They yeah. call them ACEs, adverse childhood experiences. So you have those. And then you could also have, you know, two different things or both, right? Just a very yeah. chaotic life. Yeah. So, but if you think about it like a cup, if, you're, if your level of stress is full, so it wouldn't matter, you know, your ACE is your adverse childhood experiences. That's stress, right? That's filling up your cup. And then you add anything else in there and you're going to go over the top. And that's when you yeah. have people who, you know, they're super aggressive or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or right. yelling a lot or, yeah. or, or tuning out a lot, total opposite or whatever. Avoidance. Yeah. I totally respect that. Cause I think that that's what's happened in 2020. That's what I'm saying about this fight or flight, because what's happened, I think is, I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking to this as an artist and like, as a podcaster too, is like hearing people's stories and trying to like, can like be connected to people. And also just going through the journey of trying, like, being an artist is stressful as a job because it's really not a job you can just show up to and like do your work and go home. You really, I mean, maybe counseling can be like that at times too, if it's like a really heavy session, but it's like really, it's vulnerable. It's exhausting emotionally. It's emotionally exhausting and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's okay. Sometimes like if you're doing like a comedy or something like that, it maybe is a little less, it's more maybe just mental. Cause you're like, Hey, what are, let's do these lines and let's get the shot and let's move, you know, but I mean, and you can be working on stuff that's heart filling, but especially at the beginning of a journey for acting, you're auditioning all the time. You don't have a name yet. Um, you're just trying to put yourself out there as much as possible. And you can really kind of kill yourself in the name of art I think to just try to like get out there. And so when you're dealing, that's part of why I wanted to start the podcast is so that people didn't like quite do that. So they still existed as human beings, right? but um, you know, and, and had some encouragement and whatnot, but, but I think that's hard with the fight or flight because we're already fighting so many things. And then you're just trying to like survive really. Like you're just trying to like with that, what you're saying that, and I think that because of how weird this year has been, it's revealed a lot of people's aces, I would right. say. It's revealed mine anyway. I'm like, oh, just kidding. I can do some more work in that department, you know? So since it's revealed some of that, then I think that's a big component. And then and then if you just like, yeah, if, I mean, any other thing, like if you if you have to move or you lose your job or, or if, um, yeah, it's just money is tight or, or somebody gets in an argument with you over nothing. You're like, why? <laughs> Everything, right I, I, so much comes down to choice and mindset, uh, which I know is probably rich, you know, coming from somebody. But for example, <laughs> no. 2020, it's been an opportunity to like, maybe it's the greatest thing ever, right? Yeah. In the sense of- Yeah, totally. You, you could see it as, as an opportunity for you to kind of like, okay- I can turn this around, right? Or you could see it as this is the worst the year ever. of everything. Totally. Right? So it's yeah. it's all just based in how you want to kind of see things. And I think for a lot of people, it's been a chance to sort of sit back and without the distractions to kind of zero in and realize, man, I can be a better person. Mm -hmm. I can live the life that 
you know, I want to live that for whatever reason I've been trying to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, please yeah. everybody else. And I've never had time to realize, Hey man, I want to just paint yeah. and they're painting and they're, they're doing that creativity yeah, and they're living, like I said, in that kind of God like state, you know, they found yeah. their thing. So I mean, yeah, with their muse totally. And I think that's very, I think that's the opportunity I, I have said yes. to, I've said in the past on the show, I think too, like that, um, I couldn't, I consider COVID like a reshuffling of the deck kind of like some people it has shot them down, but a lot of other people it's like shot them up. And it might be, as you're saying it dependent on how you think about it. Also, also like, as you say, actually, no, it's a hundred percent how you think about it because realistically in terms of proper boundaries and everything, like we do always have a choice and in, in everything. Like we, we don't have a choice in how we feel. We're going to feel what we feel, but we have a choice in what to do with those feelings. I think. Yes. Would you say that? That's what I tell kids all the time, right? Like, yeah. You can't say to somebody, well, you shouldn't feel that way. That's yeah. not helpful. Like, you know, yeah. Right. But it's what yeah. you do with those feelings that counts. Like if yeah. you're, if you're sad, what are you going to do with that? Right. Are you going to go drink a bottle of whiskey? You right. know, you like that to your five-year-old kids. No, yeah, yeah, they're like, yes, I am. Yeah, I forgot where I was. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. But but, totally. but with kids, it's like you know, right? What no, do you sure. and, and and I don't. Where are you going to put that? And I don't know if that was a message that I necessarily received as a kid. I don't know about yourself. I don't think so. I don't think I did yeah. either. And and we are becoming better. We are becoming smarter. And it yeah. really just starts with ourselves. We need to educate ourselves emotionally. Totally. Right. Just like, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we need to, we need to educate ourselves in terms of, uh, you know, equality and equity in society and things like that. Right. Like mm -hmm. when we stop learning things, that is when we, we start to despair, I think a lot more, mm -hmm. right. You either grow or, you know, yeah, you're, you're shrinking kind of thing. Definitely. I mean, and again, I'm proud of people. Like I said this on my little Instagram channel the other day, just cup of gen podcast, but I just said like, I'm proud of people who like so, some people have just had to do everything they can to survive. And I'm fine with that. Like you've made it like you're here. Like I'm proud of you. You know what I mean? But then other people have, as you say, had the time to be like, you know what, for the first time I'm going to invest in myself or whatever. And I, I think, I think that can be the beautiful thing. And I hope that that's the beautiful thing that people are taking from this time. I hope so, you know? Yeah. Like so. what, and that's a phenomenal question. What are you taking away from this? Because everything in life, you know, there's sacrifice and there's opportunity, there's reward. So what, mm -hmm. what was the sacrifice? What's the reward? Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, like the sacrifice has been just, I think, well, I've had, I've had, I think for, for me, they've been literal things actually. Like, like for me, the sacrifice has just been like, I couldn't travel and I was doing a lot of traveling before. Um, and that stopped cold and like my boyfriend lives in the States. And so that stopped a lot of that cold. Um, and so, but then just learning and leaning into the rewards of like what hard work can do, like when I really had the time to, because I'm not working in 
that receptionist job that I had that time to develop my career. And I think it it's the first time that I feel like I could really devote myself to classes, to podcasting, to being on top of my game, to learning, to growing. It's been a huge growth year for me. And also, I mean, and this only happened like about a month ago, I was like, oh yeah, I need some counseling too. But even just recognizing that, you know what I mean? Even just recognizing like, I have a lot on my plate at times and I need to be able to have a good amount, as you say, of space to not be stressed and bubble over in any kind of way, just to, you know, my bubbling over probably doesn't look like most people's. Like, I don't, I don't like yell or anything like that. I just kind of go, Ooh, like I just get like a little bit like hyper and like, I don't know, yeah. like when there's so Harry. much stress, yeah, <laughs> like, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean, like just become what, a cartoon. You, I don't know. What do you do that helps when you're feeling stressed? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. First of all, I think my go-to is, um, in 2020, I had th three things. The first honestly was very practical for me, which was just to walk like, and I don't know if it came from a Everybody rebellious. Just, yeah. That's a great. Yeah. I don't know if it came from a rebellious place of like, we're not supposed to leave the house and contact other people. Oh yeah. Well <laughs> then I'm not going to leave the house and contact other people. I'm just going to walk on my own. Like, I don't know. I don't know where really where I was coming from, but I just walked and I would walk longer and longer and longer all the time. I was doing like hour long walks every day. Cause I just was like, okay, this is how I manage it it out. Just exercise. Yeah. Practical. Um, another one is honestly, I, I just had to make sure that I like, you know, for me, I guess it would be like prayer and meditation too, like to a degree of just, okay, let me just read a chapter of the Bible and just relax. Of course you got to be careful because there, there are some like parts of the Bible that's like all what they call like genealogies, which is like, and then this person yeah. gave birth to this person who gave yeah. birth to this person. You're like, okay, that's not helping me right now. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, some like of the war stories and you're like, oh, I'm already stressed. I don't want to hear about the battle of something in Ezekiel or whatever right. problem that is but for the most part like you know just hearing like actually like jesus's words of like can be really encouraging and mm -hmm. or psalms and proverbs can be like life skill stuff and then just like yeah doing some like deep breathing like i don't know if you know who like wim hoff is but he teaches a lot of like deep like i love his voice yeah. yeah and so stuff like stuff like that and um and, 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 and then I, I would just say lastly, like, and this is sometimes it's the reverse order that I do this, but I would say like, just talking to some friends, honestly, like even online and stuff, it just helps me be like, to sometimes I don't know why it's just to vocally rant for like, just give me 10 minutes to say everything I need to say. Okay. I'm mm. good. Let's go. Let's move. Like, I don't know why Every, everybody me. needs that. Yeah. And everybody I think needs I, yeah, I, I carry that for a lot of other people. So I think that that's part of it too, is like, I end up carrying a lot of people's 10 minute rants. And so like, I don't mean I carry it, um, in a negative way. I just mean like I'm their go-to person. And so I, I just at times need my go-to people. And so I, how I've do you think I feel being a therapist? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I know that's why I've always heard counselors need really good, efficient counselors just so that they can also go back and be like, listen, it's yeah. been a week. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of funny though, in my profession, it's like, I get home and I just kind of like, forget about it. That's great. Yeah. It's a, it's an amazing skill. I mean, I, maybe that's what makes me a good counselor is that I'm just like, like somebody could tell me something and a crazy, amazing story of their resilience. And I am de definitely listening, but I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm 
because I'm really listening. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm like in their face. Like Dr. Yeah, Bonnie totally. Henry would be super pissed off at me. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. No. Listening, good. but listening. but but I am. I I'm I'm with them. And there's just something about that, that I'm not really holding on to what they're saying because I'm with them. You know what I mean? It's not about me. Right. And And so then then, when you're not with them. Yeah. yeah, So it's, it's really weird because I'm not making it about me. I'm making it about being with them that when it's over, it's like, what What did they say? You know, but good, good thing I'm taking notes, but I I just don't weird. I don't carry most things. But that could be an indication that you're very boundaried in a positive way. Like more so now than ever. Yeah. That's great. But I mean, that's so important. Like for me, I think that's what I, that that's what I would go to therapy to work on is more on my boundaries. I would say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, maybe you're like me, but when people have problems, you really want it to work out for them. Yeah. So much so that it's almost like you own the outcome of the problem. Yeah. Exactly. So I, my, I've definitely been that person. Yeah. So my, sure. my advice to you or anybody like that is that you're not God. You cannot own it. You Listen, can't own it. Right. Don't we know it. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and what I mean by that is you don't control that person. You do not, you don't Listen. own that person speak to me on it because no control. That's what I'm saying. That's what this year has taught me. Cause it's like, yeah. Oh, just kidding. I can't control squat. I can't control my career. Can't control when they're going to want me or not want me. I can't control travel. I can't control relationships. And I yeah. definitely sure as heck can't control your problem working out. So it's like exactly 10 out of 10. The only thing 90, whatever, th- th- I, this is a saying, not an actual stat of course, but yeah. They say 98% of the world's misery is based upon people trying to control things they can't. Wow. The only person you can control is yourself. Wow. Right? So, and it sounds like you're doing a wonderful job with the things that you're doing right now, right? Like, it sounds like, I I had a really funny thought to my wife. You know, there's a lot of people who, you know, you do things like this and they're like, you snicker right they're like well right and then I really thought about the logic behind that and it's like somebody out there is laughing at the fact that I'm doing what I want to do do you know what I mean like like what an idiot he's he's living his you know he's doing what he wants to do it's like yeah well hold on like right that's because they're not doing what they want to do you know all the negative trolls online and stuff it's like I I I just see it as wow as like man Maybe if you pursued your creativity and who you are as a person, yep. you would yep. be you would be having a conversation like, hey, you know, I didn't really like that part, but that was really cool or whatever. Yeah. Right. But not being a troll. Yeah. So well, 100 percent Because again, it's a judgment. But that's what I've learned about things. It's like a judgment or like I just think like there's this saying, like, you know, when you point a finger, there's three more pointing back at you or whatever, like, which is not exactly true, but you know, like, I get it. I get it. I see it. And I think it just, so it's like, again, it's what I was talking about, about that secure confidence. It's like, you can just tell when people are trolling, you're like, okay. So it's really, it's a really, it's a you problem, isn't it? Cause you're really like upset that you're not doing what you want to do or that you're, you're jealous or you're offended by you know just people who put an effort because it's too hard for you to put an effort or like I don't know whatever it is right like 
So you just have to let those go for sure. And you can't own those people. Yeah. Right. Like when people say things that are, you know, hurtful or whatever, they're being trolls. It's like, well, hold on. I'm actually, the reason I'm getting so upset is because they said something mean, but I can't control what anybody says about me. You know what I mean? Like why that they were going to do that anyways. I can't change the way they think. Mm-hmm. The reason I get I would get upset is because it's like, oh, why don't you like me? You know, but it's yeah, that's me that. trying to own them. Yeah. Do you see what I'm sort of saying? Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. God. Yeah. Yep. So that's why my care? first lesson right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know why it's hard for me. I don't know why. I think it, I mean, it only is hard for me when it's like my inner circle people. I think it's mm. not so hard. Like if an, I don't really care about trolls or whatever, it's like, okay, do your thing, like whatever. But you know, when it's people that you like are invested in and care about, you're like, well, why does, I don't understand the contradiction of you loving me, but also saying that to me, I don't get it or whatever it might be. Right. You know what I think? I was thinking about this too. And I think that there's good intention behind it. People, people in our inner circle that might try and hurt us, maybe they want us to be tougher. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying they're right in what they're doing, but perhaps there is an intent in it, you know, by being critical, they think that they're providing constructive feedback. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 They're definitely where they're trying to come from heart wise or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. They just might be going about it the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. In the wrong direction. Right. You know? Yeah. I love the sandwich technique, you know, this was really great. Or I, I do that with kids that I work with the two stars, one wish, like these are the two things I really liked. I liked your, and you know, kids, they're always funny. They're like, I liked your hair. It looked great. Uh, and I really like the pictures and it's like, no, 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 no. Like, what did you like about the project? And then they, you know, they give the two things they like, but then they also say, I'd like you to tell me more about this. Yeah. Cool. Right. And that works great for when you're giving feedback to adults. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because I also like how you say it. Like, I'd also like you to tell me more about rather it's still a question as opposed yeah. to you sucked at this brah <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> like yeah. you need to work on this side of things like it's more a question and it helps to clarify things rather than pose judgment which I love but people who say you know that sucks or whatever I don't have time for those people because they're not yeah. in the arena yeah okay you know Brené Brown yeah. Do you know yeah. Brown? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's that's Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah, that's Roosevelt. But I yeah. know that she quotes it all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but it, she's right. You know. Yeah. Why? Why do they hold so much weight in our hearts? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, know. Yeah. Great question. I just I I realized I knew this was going to happen. We're at an hour and thirty minutes. Perfect. So. <laughs> Tell us again, the name of your podcast. Yes. Okay. So as of right now, my podcast is called 
cup of gen podcast. The reason why I say as of right now. Gotta have your cups. Gotta have your cups. Yeah. Cause the whole theme is we have coffee or tea and we just talk about what it's like to be an artist or an entrepreneur and what the struggles are and what advice you have Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So it's all about like, it's kind of, I mean, it could be for anybody, personal growth podcast, somebody who just wants to laugh at me, (laughs) podcast, artist podcast, whatever, dreamer podcast. Um, But yeah, the reason I say that is because I might be rebranding to, uh, we'll see if I get a grant or not. But for now, it's called Cup of Gen Podcast and C-U-P-P-A-J-E-N Podcast. So it's fun. You guys should check us out if you're listening to this podcast. But um, yeah, it's fun. We're also on Instagram, same name. Is it it just you? Yes, I am the, well, I'm the host. And then I like, I interview somebody. Right, right, right. Okay. At the beginning, I started it. I was just the only person, but now it's, it's me and other people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause in the picture, there was two people. So, and and in the yeah. episodes that I listened to, is just you. So I was yeah, it's always me and somebody else. <laughs> gotcha. Well, it's great, right? I mean, I love having guests on because yeah, I always walk away with so something fun. else. Well, you learn yeah. something, that's yeah. for sure. Like I, I always feel like empowered. I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I talked to that person because now I'm growing into this new thing. So, well, I, I mean, one thing that you made me rethink about is sort of this idea of values in, in things like commercials. And this idea of, uh, and I've spoken about this is intent, but there's that security, you know, that it just, it speaks for itself. And that's something that yeah. I often forget about. It's like, was I, who was I trying to impress when I did that? Well, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely growing into that, like that place of like my ego being settled, not too high, not too mm. low, <laughs> where I'm confident, but you know, cause it, I mean, again, in my industry, it's like imperative because it's so hard and, and you will get, you will get trolled for sure. And you're going to get like, it's a guarantee that you're going to get rejected. It's not an mm-hmm. if it's a guarantee multiple times. So you have to be like, really, you don't want to fight it, but you have to be ready to just be like, that's okay. My product just yeah. wasn't for you. Yeah. You know, you just have to be relaxed. And so my whole journey this year is surrender, like surrendering. And it's probably, I'm going to be real, going to be 2021 too, to be honest, but it's surrendering and just being relaxed in that secure confidence again, because it's something I've had, but this time has really tested me because it's just been such a rigorous, um, yeah, the arts industry is, it can just be rigorous if you don't have like a lot of support. So I have more support now and I'm giving support. So I feel pretty good about that. Well, that's, that's even what the project was, right? I mean, yeah. how wonderful you created yeah. something that you needed. Yeah, like exactly. What better expression is that? Yeah, that's that was the choice I made. You said make a choice, right, about what you're going to do, and so I said, well, I'm going to start talking into a microphone and see what happens. <laughs> well, keep doing it, my friend. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you. Once again, that was Janessa Galbraith. Uh, You can check out her podcast, Cup of Gin, uh, on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, uh, iTunes, whatever that one's called. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can find her, Cup of Gin. So it was awesome having her on the show. 
I love our conversation about uh, stress and authenticity. And she raised a really good question when I was listening to this again, looking for something to, to end on. Uh, she asked, is it, is it a matter of our experiences or is it a matter of our lifestyles that puts us in a place where we're so overwhelmed and we're not able to change or to grow in ways for the positive? And I tried my best to answer that question. And really, it, it comes down to the individual. So either, yes, it's your experiences from the past or it's whatever's going on in your life that you're overwhelmed with. There, of course, being plenty of opportunity for overlap. But whatever it is, whatever it is for you, what are you doing about it, right? Are you choosing to stay there? Are you choosing to, to dwell on what could happen in the future? What are you doing? What are you doing to let go of it? Because that's a heavy burden to hold. And... The less you hold on to, the lighter you'll be, the happier you'll be. So that's my question for you. What are you doing with the things you're holding on to? Do you want to hold on to them? Or do you want to be able to let them go? Thank you again for listening. I'm Robert Grant, and I'm probably wrong about everything.